Welcome to We Need to Talk About Tech Bonus Episode, where we talk about the past, present, and future of technology. This is second episode of our bonus podcast series. Highlights the battle for good and evil between Epic Games and Apple. We're not sure which one is good and evil yet. I guess yeah. whoever whoever wins will write the history. But yeah, <laughs> I guess if you haven't listened to our first bonus episode, go listen to it. Um, but on August thirteenth, Fortnite pushed the update through in their apps, and it provided a way for people to circumvent paying for V bucks or paying for their digital currency through the App Store. You could pay Fortnite directly. Apple said, "Hey, you can't do that." Remove them from the App Store. Epic Games swiftly responded with an antitrust lawsuit saying that the App Store has formed a monopoly. Also, they released a parody video. 1980 Fortnite, a parody video of the 1984 Apple commercial um, about disrupting the establishment, which at that time they were talking about IBM. Allegedly talking about IBM. Yeah. Apple has responded... Epic Games and Fortnite are having this big public battle with Apple. It seems like other developers and other people are now, I guess, more inclined to speak out against Apple, whereas before they're kind of like being kept silent or we're just afraid to be the only ones talking up about it. Yeah, it was kind of like uh, a domino effect of once Apple made this, uh, sorry, once uh, Epic Games kind of made this big seen around how much Apple is taking from Fortnite and and kind of using their resources to bring the whole uh, situation to a huge audience. It seemed like a lot of people started to follow suit, started to talk about their issues with, uh, you know, the App Store and, and the kind of idea around the monopoly. And it, it was kind of perfect timing as well, because just about a week before that, Microsoft announced that their service uh, for xCloud wouldn't be available on iOS because of the App Store rules or because of Apple's rules. And just a few days before that was the congressional hearing talking about the possibility that Apple could have a monopoly, essentially making the rules for themselves because there isn't much competition um, or any competition to kind of force them to be consumer friendly or even dictate that they could decide whether or not they're going to charge 30%, if they're going to charge more, if they're going to charge less. They pretty much hold all the cards. Apple, one of Apple's responses was they posted, I guess, emails between Tim Sweeney and then the different executives at Apple. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty much saying how, you know, this wasn't something that happened out of the blue. Tim Sweeney and Epic, they planned this to happen. They had actually, Tim had actually sent an email out to the executives at Apple, right, saying, Hey, we would like to introduce a competing payment process so that people don't have to just pay through the app store. They could pay through other means like pay us directly. Um, yeah. We would like to launch our own app store in competition, just like how Samsung devices have the Samsung store, right? Along with the Google Play store, they'd say, hey, we would like our own Epic Game store also. And they're saying, you know, let us know if this is OK with you, Apple. And we'll find a way to work this out together. Apple responded and said, no, you can't do that. 
and Epic Games pretty much just said, oh, well, we're going to try and do it anyways. Like, doesn't matter what you say. And so I guess Apple's kind of their response to all of this and to the antitrust lawsuit is that Epic Games knew what the rules were. They then asked if they could break the rules. Apple said, no, you can't break the rules. They broke the rules and then they got punished for breaking the rules and like, oh my gosh, look what they did to us. I can't believe they did to us. But it's like, you created this whole dilemma. You created this emergency as Apple's calling it. So you shouldn't go look to the courts to solve this for you because you knew exactly what the consequences were. You did what we told you not to do. And now you're getting punished Mm -hmm. for it pretty much. Exactly. So it was essentially their argument was that you knew exactly what your actions would result in. This isn't a surprise to you. Um, You actually like willfully went and did these things directly against app store policy. You could definitely see where Apple is coming from somewhat because it's not like this is something where it was, you know, hidden in, in Apple's developer policy that, Hey, you know, in the fine print, if you release a way to circumvent our payment, then we're going to kick you off of our app store. It was definitely known that you can't do that. One interesting story that I saw recently. So WordPress, the app for creating gives people the opportunity to create, I guess what websites and blogs and that sort of thing. It's completely free. You can go in the app register, and then you get just a free generated WordPress account. You can edit your web page or blog, whatever on the app on their computer version or their browser version. Let's say their browser version, mm-hmm. they have an option for paid subscriptions, which offer more functionality in the Apple app version. So on your either iPad or iPhone, they show a plans. They used to show a plans tab. But you couldn't actually buy the plans through the app. It just said, okay, these are different plans that we offer. Yeah, you just see them. You can see these plans that we offer. You can't buy them here. But I don't know if they directly said if you go to our website on your browser, then you could pay for it. But either way, it was known that you could pay for an upgraded plan on your browser version of WordPress. And you couldn't do it on iOS. And then mm-hmm. Apple said, hey, what is this? Like, you're kind of directing people away from us. People should be able to buy upgraded plans in our Apple version. So they made them introduce payment systems into the app, into the, yeah, the app version, just so that they could take a 30% fee off of those payments. And then yeah. WordPress kind of made it public that, hey, Apple's making us turn this free app into a paid app just so they can take a 30% cut of it. And there was all kinds of, you know, public outcry and, you know, people speaking out about it. And then Apple said, oh, no, we've uh, agreed with the developer that they shouldn't be charging people. And we've made it known that they don't need to have that in their app anymore. But I mean, I feel like if, if Apple wasn't in the news with Epic Games and there wasn't this big antitrust hearing that had happened and an antitrust lawsuit, maybe WordPress wouldn't have been able to speak out against Apple make having them make these changes, or maybe people wouldn't have spoken out in defense of WordPress. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think 
like what you're saying there is really right. And I, I think really where it started with was that antitrust hearing. Because when I was watching that antitrust hearing, the one thing I noticed the most was that Apple seemed to get the least amount of heat in that hearing. But the points that they did bring up, honestly, when I was watching it, I didn't even think about it. They were bringing up the fact that you potentially have, you as an Apple potentially has a monopoly in this app store business because they are the only ones that can run an app store legitimately on iOS. And, you know, when you're going through that uh, in your head, it sounds like, okay, that makes sense. But then, you know, when you kind of see a lot of these developers, especially small developers, like um, I think we mentioned before on the, on the podcast with Linus Tech Tips in their podcast, they uh, announced like, or they mentioned how, when they were developing an app and yeah, they could have a price that, you know, included Apple's 30%, but then they couldn't have a 30% cheaper price on their website because that would break Apple's rules and then the, the app would get banned. And it's one of those situations where clearly, or I, I don't think it's clear whether or not Apple has as a monopoly. I think that's going to be something that that's obviously going to have a lot of litigation and lawsuits and, and discussion until that's absolutely decided. But there they clearly have a lot of power um, and they're using that power to coerce a lot of the people who want to be on the app store to abide by their rules, even if those rules extend beyond the app store. And uh, you mentioned with, with WordPress, that's, that's a big one because the majority of WordPress, uh, I would imagine WordPress's business happens outside of the app store. I mean, it's, it's a backbone for websites. A lot of people are probably going to be using that service, you know, at least the most the more powerful features that they need to manage the website and stuff like that probably you know outside of the phone maybe you know on their phone as well so they can manage stuff on the go but you know it it isn't just a service that exists solely on the app store yeah and um another thing that i noticed today where like it seems like all sides this, this information is starting to come out even facebook today I've, i heard this uh via the lewis rossman youtube channel and there's an article here on engadget about uh facebook so they were um putting a, together this initiative where customers could support businesses directly on facebook by you know let's say you want to get something like a cooking class and you go to that business's page on facebook you can just book the the, the class right from facebook and facebook said that they were taking no money yeah. um, from this transaction they would just completely forward all that money over to the business but they put a disclaimer saying that 30 percent of this is going to apple and what lewis rossman kind of theorized is that the reason why they were doing this is so that people don't back pull back on them to say why did you take three dollars out of the ten dollars that i was giving to this company yeah. when you're saying this is for the good of the company and then apple made them take that down yeah so yeah it's like <laughs> clearly they have a lot of power and yeah, I, I think it's going to be a huge discussion to see if that power that they have is a little bit too much. No, yeah, I was I was just about to mention this story. Like it's it's crazy to think that even a company as big as Facebook still kind of has to bend to the will of Apple. It's it's interesting because Epic is a huge company as well, and I think that's that's like how we mentioned in the beginning of, of the podcast how it kind of starts with them. Yeah. Because they were the first big company to make make this information public knowledge. Even if it was already public knowledge, it at least made 
uh, an event out of it um, to where it couldn't be ignored. And I feel like, you know, Facebook is taking this opportunity and a lot of these companies are taking this opportunity, even with, with Microsoft backing um, Epic Games a little bit uh, in this situation by saying, yeah, this is kind of a, a little bit of a problem to a lot of, of people who want to develop stuff on, on the App Store. Honest, to be honest, I didn't realize how big Epic Games was until all mm-hmm. of this happened. Like, I didn't know that Epic Games made the Unreal Engine, right? Yeah. And I guess as a response to what Fortnite and extension Epic Games has done, Apple has decided to revoke iOS support and macOS support for Unreal Engine, which is a big part of what Epic Games does. And mm-hmm. I've heard of Unreal Engine. I know it's uh, like a physics simulation software, right? It's sort of like something you could build your games on. So you don't have to, let's say if you're, you know, Joe Blow's small app company, you don't have to worry about designing the physics behind your game. You already have Unreal Engine to build off of. So then you can just worry about, okay, how do we want this to look? What kind mm-hmm. of options do we want the player to have? You can worry about that stuff and not worry so much about like, the bare bones of the app, which when you think about designing the app could definitely save you a lot of money, right? It's not just made for small apps, right? There's dozens of game makers and Hollywood production studios and special effects studios that use it. Mm -hmm. To name some of the bigger video games, like Borderlands 3 uses it, Valorant, the Final Fantasy 7 remake uses it. There's automakers that use it, like Audi, Porsche, and Volkswagen, they use it to help design cars. Architectural firms use it, and broadcasting companies use it. Like, have you ever seen the weather networks? I guess there's been a few weather networks that use it, but when they talk Mm -hmm. about there's a big hurricane coming, and, you know, if it's a Category 4 and it hits the streets of New York, then this is what the this is what Broadway is gonna look like if it's flooded by six feet of water. Then you have the news anchor like standing there, and six feet of water just comes flooding Broadway. That's done with Unreal Engine. Yeah, which like makes sense. I had no idea, but um, also, you know, we're both pretty big fans of Star Wars. I'd say the movies Solo, the Han Solo movie, Rogue One, mm-hmm. and the Mandalorian were shot using Unreal Engine. More than half of the first season of The Mandalorian was shot using Unreal Engine. I can only imagine probably close to half, if not more, for the second season of The Mandalorian. Yeah. Right? And we're talking about all these TV shows and, you know, movies and whatnot. As of right now, it's just banned from, like, iOS and, I guess, macOS too. The big thing about it being banned on macOS, the one we've had this discussion before, is there's a lot of production studios that use mac devices yeah like the new mac computer comes out you'll have a production company that buys 20 of them for their production right so if you're designing or if you're creating some sort of christopher nolan movie right and you're running it on mac os if you can't have an up-to-date Unreal Engine or an Unreal Engine that's, you know, fixed all the bugs or security flaws, you can't design your show effectively. Mm-hmm. And so you can't use Unreal Engine if you know that, okay, there's going to be some bugs that pop up and there's no way to update this. So it's kind of like if Apple is actually able to go through with this ban of Unreal on their devices, then they could, they could pretty much cripple Epic Studios. 
Yeah. And, and uh, this is, I think, like, like you mentioned, they're really, really important because when this whole kind of situation started and Fortnite was banned from the app store, I think a lot of the conversation centered around Fortnite in general. And Definitely. a lot of people don't really care about Fortnite. And yeah, like I play Fortnite, but I don't own an iPhone and I don't play it on mobile anyways. But I think this situation is so, it's obviously so much bigger than Fortnite. And honestly, I think it's a lot bigger than, than the situation is right now. And I think we've mentioned this a bit on the podcast in the past. But the fact that, you know, that 1984 commercial that allegedly was going against IBM, is I think so important in this whole situation because we are on the cusp of Apple being an entirely integrated service, both service and hardware, not just in mobile, but in their computing devices, their personal computers as well. The Macs are going towards their own Apple Silicon. They're not going to be running regular x86 architecture like they're running right now, which you know is the Intel processors that, that they're using. They're going to be using their own stuff. And Apple already has an app store on max it is a very easy future to envision where the app store can become the only thing to install apps on a computer and the fact that they have so much control over how apps are are used and installed on ios the scary thought of them having that same amount of control on every single device that has an apple logo on it is 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 quite terrifying because like you mentioned, Epic and the Unreal Engine is this huge thing. It's used by so many companies. And with the drop of the hat, if they can say everything in our ecosystem is no longer allowed to use the Unreal Engine, which at the time could be the largest engine, what stops them from, from then creating their own engine that is available on all, all iOS devices that run the same hardware? or very similar hardware and very similar software between the two. What stops Apple from saying, you know, we have this metal API that we use to develop games on iOS. Let's just create the metal engine mm -hmm. across all Mac, uh, Mac devices that, you know, uh, people who want to develop games for any Mac device now has to use this engine. And they can very easily say that by saying, okay, we'll ban Unreal today and tomorrow we'll ban Unity. And then we'll ban Frostbite and we'll ban every single engine that we want to force developers to use our stuff. I mean, just a side note, Metal Engine does sound like a pretty sick physics engine. Yeah, <laughs> it <does>. is, <laughs> You should definitely copyright that. I mean, that's that's the one thing I thought of. I was like, oh, man, because the Metal is, is the name of their API. I'm like, yeah, I was thinking, they, what if they created the Metal Engine? First of all, great branding. Sounds cool as hell. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. <laughs> But no, yeah, it's um, the question, do they have a monopoly? They definitely have a monopoly. The mm -hmm. reason there, I guess, isn't so much uproar about Google right now is, well, in terms of, you know, Google phones, Android phones, there are other options for getting apps on your phone. Yeah. With Apple phones or tablets, there is only one option. It is only through Apple, right? And like you said, it's very possible they could be moving to a future with their Mac devices where the only way you can get software or an application on it is through Apple, right? You can't go to, I don't, you, you couldn't download the Steam launcher 
on your future yeah. MacBook Pro. You couldn't download the Epic Games Launcher on your future MacBook. On Windows devices, you can do that. You can download from wherever you want. You can. I could release something tomorrow, and I don't need any permission to push that out to you. But Apple definitely has a monopoly in terms of their iOS devices and possibly soon their macOS devices. And I guess the real question that's going to come down, that's going to come to Congress is, do they deserve to have a monopoly? Right. Part of what Apple's justification is for their strict control of what's on the App Store is that, listen, people who buy Apple devices, who buy iOS devices, they trust us. They know that we are secure. They know that we monitor everything. They tr- they believe in us for security. If we allow, let's say, any developer, if we allow Epic Games to create their own app launcher, now we are we are then entrusting the customer security to Epic Games. And maybe Epic Games does all right, but then let's say we let this okay this other developer comes along and says, "Well, you let Epic Games have their own launcher, so I want my own launcher." And then it's kind of you allow thousands of developers to be responsible for the security of customers and kind of the whole thing about Apple or at least their their iPhones. Right. Is that this is a secure system. You don't have to worry about any of that. You can have your credit card on here. You can pay your parking tickets on here. You can pay for your Starbucks on here. We don't want anyone to worry about any sort of security risk using our devices and if we allow other companies to set up their own app stores and their own payment systems then our devices don't become so secure anymore and don't become so trustworthy yeah and and you know during this situation because i'm not an apple user I've, i've i've recommended apple products in the past many times but i wouldn't call myself an apple fan so i always felt like okay going into this situation let me see what the other side thinks about this so i I started looking into a lot of the apple fans you know the really popular ones on youtube their opinion specifically when fortnite was banned and try to gauge what their kind of side of this was and i got a lot of that argument coming from that side of it's a situation where apple is trusted they know how to do things from end to end and the reason why i think that kind of argument rubbed me the wrong way a little bit is because it gives the assumption that Apple is the only company who knows how to do these things. Like they're the only company who can process a payment from end to end securely. But that's clearly not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, that that marketing that they have that gives them this idea that they are the only ones that can do this is a little bit dangerous because then it stops any. And I think we've talked about this in the, in the past, any newcomer from doing what they did, essentially. Because you're essentially putting a wall in front of them saying, we did this. We're the only people that can do this. You can't. We know you can't. You don't have the resources that we do. And then that essentially stops them from ever having a competitor, essentially, because they can't process a payment. They can't do something as simple as process a payment. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's definitely an interesting situation. Like, and, and this is the question I'll bring to you. I mean, Apple's argument around them not having a monopoly is that, well, if you don't like it, you can go to Android. You can go to Windows. You can go to Linux. Do you think that that is a good enough excuse for them to not have a monopoly? I don't think it's a good enough excuse, but 
the thing is really right now at least that's only an excuse for their phones right mm -hmm. on mac devices you can download apps from other places you can download yeah. apps from websites you don't have to download it strictly from the mac os app store for iphones i don't know i'm kind of on the fence as to whether that's a good enough excuse because mm -hmm. i've had an iphone for years and i do appreciate i guess like almost the simplicity of it that you get mm -hmm. your apps from one place and you know it's secure you trust it's secure you don't have to worry about it at all would i like to see i guess a competing app store possibly i do definitely see their point of view where okay if you're buying an iphone you're buying into the apple ecosystem and part of the apple ecosystem is hey we're the only place for you to get apps yeah if you don't like that go to android and a lot of people are on android because they like the ability not necessarily just get you know apps from other places but they like the customization of android i used to be an android person i used to hate mm -hmm. apple even so simply because there was no customization with apple for android you could you could do so you could move all your apps around the screen you could put widgets on your home screen you could have no apps just widgets you could change the icons you could change everything about your phone and for apple it was just okay these are your apps this is your phone layout you can't do anything about it there's no widgets at all and then slowly yeah. they've been taking you know stuff that android does and applying it into the apple system and say oh look at this cool thing that we came up with even though everyone knows they stole it from android but a big part of what separates at least in my mind apple phones from android phones is the customization aspect if you want to mm -hmm. be able to customize your phone and do whatever you want with it go with android if you don't want to be able to customize if you want to just say, hey, you guys designed this phone this way. I'm going to use it this way. I'm going to trust you with this. Then you go Apple. And kind of when I originally made the switch from Android to Apple, that's what I guess I knew I was getting into. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I was okay with making the trade of, okay, I'm giving up all of this customization for this simplistic system. Not to say simplistic as in like, oh, this is so simple and stupid, but almost like... Elegant. It, it, elegant, yes. Elegant. It's so simple that it's elegant in a way. I don't have to worry about, okay, what are my apps going to look like? Where is my weather widget going to be? Where Where's my clock widget going to be? It's just, no, This these are your apps right here. If you want another app, scroll over or search for it, right? So I guess when I switched over, I knew that's what I was getting into. So mm -hmm. it all kind of fits in the Apple ecosystem. And in part of Tim Sweeney's email to Apple, I think he actually said like, hey, you guys should make iOS more like Android. And the fact that Android, you can get apps from other sources, not just from the Google Play Store. And probably like that specifically, Apple was like, we don't want to be Android at all. Shut up. Yeah. We're not letting you do this. I can see where Apple's coming from. I can see where, I guess, people who want Apple to be more like Android are coming from. It's hard to say at the moment. Now, if that were to extend into their Macs, their computers, and their laptops, then I definitely think that would be too much. Because the, the whole idea about a personal computer 
right? Is all of the different things you can do with it. That's the thing about a phone too, is like a phone primarily it's a phone. I don't know. I don't know how to say that, right? Yeah. A smartphone is primarily a phone. So you use it for phone functions. Everything else is kind of gravy, even though now phones have progressed so much that they're primarily not used for phone calls at all. It's used for the apps on it. But a computer. But you still don't. Like yeah, it's, a computer, it's still you, not, you still need to do more. Yeah. There's a lot more multitasking, a lot more functionality that's expected from a computer. And if you were mm-hmm. to then restrict that based off of, okay, Apple wants you to only do these things on it, you can't do all this other stuff you wanted to, then that completely defeats the idea of a computer. Yeah, well, and and I, I think that's that's a good point to bring up because, you know, I think the, the idea around maybe that can't happen is a lot of people will think, well, you know, on every other computer you can you can sideload a program and it's easy to do and all this stuff or you know but i I think the the big kind of caveat to that whole idea is apple going towards their own silicon means that it's going to be harder much like the iphone for people to get underneath that os layer so essentially being able to bypass what the os lets you do is going to be more difficult because you're not using an instruction set that's just out there that everyone knows and everyone is familiar with like Intel and x86 like AMD and essentially the they say that the reason why they want to do this is to have more control over when they release products and when they release new new hardware and the fact that they've gotten really good at making processors but I have to imagine that you know we've seen the numbers we've seen how much money they make from that app store it only seems like a logical conclusion to say let's replicate this business model on as many devices as possible and i think in in some ways what epic and a lot of these companies are doing may be a little bit of a blessing because maybe it puts so much of a spotlight on apple that they can't do that right now but at the same time i think we've we've spoken about this in the past as well apple is such a big company like we said with facebook they can even get facebook to change they're such a big company that I think they can absorb all this and still continue in a direction that they want to continue. Because at the end of the day, they have a brand recognition that is built around trust of their ecosystem. Like you mentioned, you go to Apple because you know they have marketed the idea that this is something that you can trust. You're not going to get a virus on your computer. You're not going to get download an app that's going to steal all your information or pay for something that's then going to steal your credit card information. They've developed that trust and that that base of consumers that I can't picture that even if there was this little bit of, you know, bad press of, oh, you can't play Fortnite or, oh, you know, uh, Unreal Engine games no longer are supported or, oh, you can't use xCloud. I think for the most part, many of the people who use Apple devices, that would be little consequence to them to continue forward. And I think that's kind of a a scary kind of, maybe not scary, but a little bit of an interesting kind of concept because then it shows that it might show more that they have a monopoly, but also shows that they don't have to bend to any of this pressure, potentially. They could just continue on their direction and they'll still be fine. I guess this whole this whole battle between Epic Games and Apple kind of sums up to, I guess, their ideas of what the future. I think Epic Games even said, or maybe it was Tim Sweeney specifically that said, we chose to follow this path in the firm belief that history and law are on our side. So Mm -hmm. 
Tim Sweeney and Epic Games are hoping, one, that the law is going to be in their favor. And two, they're hoping that, okay, in the future, when people look back on this, they're going to say, hey, yeah, Apple did have a monopoly and Epic Games was part of breaking that up and making the computing world and maybe even making Apple better for its consumers. And Apple's kind of bet is, okay, the law is going to be on our side. Or even if it isn't, we have created such a big brand and such this big idea of ourselves that even if we take away your favorite game or your favorite game engine or TV show or your favorite app, you love our brand so much that you won't care about those anymore. And I think it is, it's kind of hard to say for sure because I'm not an iPhone user. But through conversations that I've had with people who use iPhones, I feel like they've proven that that kind of methodology works. Because I think back to the time when they released Apple Maps and they kind of made it in a situation where Google Maps couldn't do what Apple Maps could do. And Apple Maps was not good. It was not a good app. It didn't work properly. It was very buggy, um, but there was really no alternative at the time. I think this was back in 2012. There was really no alternative to Apple Maps because that was the only app that could use all the sensors and all the information on, that, that your phone could use to give you navigation and all that stuff um, effectively. Since then, things have changed. Google Maps has come back and you know has, has, is now able to be used on phones and is probably pretty good. But a lot of the times when I talk to people who use iPhones and you know they're bringing up Maps, it's defaulted to Apple Maps for a lot of people just because that has been ingrained since 2012 that okay we are going to bypass the most popular map service that exists we're going to create our own it's not going to be good but at least we're going to put that idea in people's heads that this is the maps to use on an apple device and it hasn't worked for everybody i think some people have gone back to google maps since then and ways and stuff like that but for a lot of people apple maps is still the default map it comes on their phone they probably never even think to download another app. And I, I feel like that that just goes to show that they have that power to build a brand around anything, whether it's a map service, whether it's a game, whether it's an engine, they've proven that they can do it. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, this doesn't go Epic's way, if, you know, Apple only gets stronger because of it. And, it, you know, it might not happen. It might be a situation where, you know, especially with Congress kind of having a microscope on Apple right now, Maybe this just brings to light more of the issues that need to be addressed across all these large organizations like Amazon, like Facebook, um, and like Google. But maybe this, this just ends up showing that Apple is really good at creating a brand, creating a, a system that works for their customers. And even if the most popular or one of the most popular games is a sacrifice, it doesn't really matter. Very bleak view of the future uh, well it's bleak I, apple like i said apple would probably say <laughs> well hey if you don't like it go to android or, or go get a go get a windows computer or something like that yeah any closing statements no well i thought this was a honestly bonus episodes obviously the 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 piece de resistance the thing everyone wants to see yeah everyone's just waiting <laughs> right for those the... bonus episodes to come out Yep, uh, two biggest companies in the world, Apple and Epic, which they're really not, but one of them is. One of them's worth two point one trillion. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it always keeps these episodes exciting. Yeah. All right. Take it easy, everyone in podcast land. Uh, Take it easy. 
don't know. I think I messed that up. Oh, well. That's, That's it, it for, it for our, our bonus, bonus podcast. podcast.